Welcome to Catch Outdoors. I'm your host, Captain Rob Modis. This podcast is about living and playing in the great outdoors, especially down this way in the most southern region of the continental U.S., the Florida Keys. Catch Outdoors is hosted by Spotify and also brought to you by your favorite podcast network. So kick back, get a taste of my Florida. This week's episode of Catch Outdoors is number 108, and it's titled The Good Old Days. I got this title and idea from a a favorite online Facebook writer uh, that I pay close attention to. I like his stuff. His name is Sean Dietrich. Look him up on Facebook. Spells his first name S-E-A-N, Sean Dietrich, D-I-E-T-R-I-C-H. Um, his, his roughly weekly posts are somewhat like my podcast in, in that he likes to listen to what people say and what's going on around him locally and paying attention. And then in some cases, even worldwide, he may take a subject that's just out of the blue from somewhere else. And he writes in these short sentences, um, kind of gets his message across in maybe a three-minute read, and almost always has an interesting take on things. So this past week, he wrote The Good Old Days. That was the title. And uh, it was very much about growing up in a time when, when things were much simpler, which is what most people view the good old days as. I mean, let's face it, that's you know, what we all think about. Um, it, and it's good to reminisce and remember days gone by, but I have a slightly different take on good old days. I believe they're happening right now and will continue to happen even after we're gone. So his take was glass bottles, milk deliveries at the doorstep, Newspapers in every driveway, uh, drinking out of the hose, all the things that you hear about that we did and survived, riding bicycles without helmets, riding bicycles without using our hands and no helmets. <laughs> that, that's his, that was his take. And that's the usual take on the good old days. Mine's a little different. Mine is kind of about like right now. Today is the good old day. This will be the good old day tomorrow. So I'll start with the here and now. Uh, this is Sunday, a uh, day of worship for many and a day of relaxation for others, or both, or both. Um, it's also football Sunday. Yep, it started. It's what, game five or six now. Boy, I can't, man, it's moving fast, isn't it? Um, you know, unless your team's in a bye week and then it's not football Sunday. But even then, most big time football fans will watch it anyway. They'll still watch football and make sure to root for whatever team will take out the other conference team. And hopefully beat them. So, football fans are football fans. I'm not just because you might be a fan of the Miami Dolphins or any other Florida team or Green Bay or whoever. It doesn't matter if they're playing or not. You're still going to watch football. Sundays for me uh, are usually what I call catch-up days. Um, with writing, finishing up the prep, and then recording this podcast, and. Which is something, by the way, I actually enjoy doing. I don't, I don't mind writing and I don't mind working on the podcast. It's kind of fun. Get your thoughts out there every week. It also happens to be a day off uh, for my wife, Janelle. It's the one day that she really isn't, I mean, well, unless there's a huge event going on in the Florida Keys that she's going to wind up having to write for and having to cover. Um, it's it's kind, of, kind of our day, if you will. <laughs> Even though sometimes she seems to be on call 24-7. Uh, the flow of information actually never seems to stop. Let's put it that way. So they're really, we really can't say that Janelle has a day off, but we, we try to plan a Sunday as a, as a together day, a weekend day. And when we can, we take a big chunk of Sunday and just enjoy each other's company, you know, perhaps sightsee, 
go to lunch at a uh, untried restaurant, perhaps just read, watch TV. She's a huge fan of the Food Channel, you know, so, and I'll watch almost anything on YouTube. I love watching fishing videos. I love watching how-to videos on doing this, that, or the other. I can really entertain myself with YouTube for quite some time. It's become my favorite TV channel, if you will. Um, we might go boating. We might go fishing. Weather didn't allow that today, but you know, normally a Sunday morning might be a, a time out on the water for us to go do a little fishing or just do some sightseeing by boat. Um, and Sundays are really good for that in the Keys, provided you start early and you end around noon. Um, you'll avoid a great deal of the on-water craziness that way, and especially as we roll into the winter months. I'm a gamer. Yeah, almost 70 years old, and I still play games. Yep, video games. They're most definitely a part of my activities. I love playing. I find it very relaxing in the late afternoon to get on and play either by myself or competitively with other people at around uh, 4 o'clock, 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And then as we roll into cocktail hour, 5.30ish, I stop. So in other words, I put about an hour and a half in on a game sometimes, sometimes two. Here's a list, a, a little history lesson for um, these you, you all, for, your listen, for my listeners, the listeners. <laughs> I managed a store that sold electronic equipment years ago, including the very first Atari video games. Um, and then we picked up Commodore, and the list goes on and on. From that point on, it was just like, wow, what does this do? And each game, of course, got progressively better, and the graphics got progressively better, and the storylines got interesting. They, they started to write mysteries and, and solving puzzles and things like that. It wasn't just bang, bang, shoot 'em up crap. It was, it was actually real mind games. Um, we also supplied a great many of those great big stand-up game machines that you'd find in the day at most pizza parlors. Uh, yeah, the, like full-size Pac-Man, Space Invaders, Centipede. There's people there right now at home nodding, going, "I remember those daggone things, chucking the quarters in." Yeah, if you if you won <clears throat> three or four games, you got a free that kind of stuff. Um, I had the high score on a Pac-Man for years in one of the pizza joints, joints in Louisville. <laughs> It was nice to see it. Walk in just see if your name was still on the very top. Could anybody beat Pac-Man? And my friends named me, nicknamed me Pac-Man for a while. That was kind of embarrassing, but that's the way it was. I even had a Pac-Man Space Invaders and a Centipede in a basement room at home. So because you deal in the machines, you get to keep them around, you know, play with them, mess with them, switch them on so they don't take quarters and have all your friends come over and play. Today's games are much more advanced. That was an example of the good old days. <laughs> Today's games are much more advanced and way more addictive. Flying is really flying. Almost. My brother would say otherwise. He's a pilot. But for me, it's like flying. It's, it's amazing. The battles can be room-shaking with the right sound equipment. But most important to me is the people I meet while playing which is kind of funny because you only meet by voice. You rarely see anybody or have any idea what they look like. But a recent outing, I, I wrote this down on the notes because I really want to talk about that part of it. On a recent group event, um, we were all trying to beat the biggest, baddest monster of all in this one game, which means you join up with other players. And there were five others besides six of us all together going after the beast, if you will. Each individual was from one from Georgia, 
one from California, one from Canada, one from England, and one from Australia. Remarkable, isn't it? In real time, you can talk to these people. Um, There's no delay. There's no delay in the game. The only thing is time zones. You have to time it so that here on the East Coast, if we say we're going to play at noon or 2 or 3 o'clock, you have to take into account that it's already five hours later in England. And I don't even know what it is in Australia. It's the next day sometimes. And we managed to get ourselves together. We agree on a time based on Eastern time zone U.S. And once we do the math, we all get together. Now, what's fascinating about this to me and what relates to this good old day theme is I get to hear from people all around the world about what's going on in their area. It's not like the news, (laughs) which is usually just wrong (laughs) or delayed or too late, or they report something that actually didn't happen and they have to retract it, which I think is, it's terrible. Yeah. Journalism is not what it used to be, but this really gets a chance to talk in this case to Canadians and, and a Brit and an Australian about what's happening in their area, what's go, what's new, what's interesting, what what do you do, and 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 how do you entertain yourself? Do you do you beach? Do you fish? You know, they latch on to me because I'm Florida, and there's almost no one out there in the world that doesn't want to come to Florida, especially the Brits. They're really into this place. They love coming here. I, I'm I'm not picking on them, but it's probably because they have the worst weather ever. I mean, it's mostly rainy and damp and cold and not nice in a great part of of um, of Britain, England, Scotland that area. So that's what they talk about. They're like, oh, Florida, I've been to Florida. Oh, your beaches and your palm trees. And they go on and on. So, But I find it fascinating that the here and now, what I'm calling the good old day, which is today, we have the ability to do that, to be able to talk to people across um, vast, vast miles within milliseconds with no delay playing the game. I, I Just think about that. It's really, really insane. And what's nice about it is the ability to communicate with others about stuff that you know nothing about. I equate it to when I was a guide, fishing guide. The people on the boat were always from everywhere. I mean, you name it, I fished them. All the way from Russia to <clears throat> uh, all over Europe, and certainly all over the U.S., Hawaii, Alaska, all these different places. And what I found fascinating about that for me personally was it was always my, I always felt like I traveled to wherever they were. They, they would tell you things like where, what their favorite place was to eat, what they did in their local locale. Did they go to the fair? Did they do this? Did they go to concerts there? What's a sightseeing thing to see at that location? And pretty soon you get real well versed if you just listen as, as if you've been there. Yeah, so I always looked at that as a good day. That was always really, I, I, that's one of the things I miss about guiding is the information that gets relayed by people to you and about their area and where they live. The good, the bad, and the ugly, too. What's good, what's bad, what's ugly. Um, and a great many of them want to move to Florida. <laughs> so I hear that a lot now, too. So living in the now is is most likely a tad bit more important to me than it might be for others, too. I always like to point this out without, you know, beating a dead horse. I unfortunately found out that my days were numbered. Back in 2015, when I was diagnosed with a rare blood cancer, at that time, I, I, I read that three to five years was it. That was pretty scary. The doctors reassured me that they would do their best to keep me alive a lot longer, and um, they have. Uh, the first year and a half for me was uh, pretty damn tough. I won't kid you. I spent a lot of time in hospitals. 
But I made up my mind not to let the beast get me. It was like live for the now. It was basically this is the good old day. This is, you know, I, I just, there's a lot more to do and a lot more to see. That was my mental philosophy. I'm on year eight now, soon to be nine. It'll be nine years since my diagnosis in February. Um, I have great doctors, though, and, and as the years pass and more and more ways are being discovered on how to fight my particular type of cancer, and that has definitely created longevity. Um, doctors, honestly, they never quit. They're always messing with something, and I'm, I'm the guinea pig. <laughs> We've got this thing. Okay, let's do it. Let's try it. And, you know, the alternative is, is bad, so let's just see what we can do with this. I'm determined to do what I want to do right now, in the here and now, not later. Yes, that kind of here and now philosophy, that this is the good old day philosophy for me. I've talked to other cancer patients, and they all say exactly the same thing. They really do. You don't run into too many that are down and out. There are some. There are some, the bottom lip is out, and you can tell they just are not happy. But most of them have the same philosophy I do. They had no idea what it was like to have this disease until you actually have it. It makes you think and look around much more differently. You suddenly realize that the only control you have over time is to get that bucket list done in a timely manner. Again, this is the good old days, right now. I wrote three books in three years. That probably wouldn't have happened. One, wait, wait, let me back up. One wouldn't have happened in three years if I had been well. I can almost assure you of that. Under normal circumstances, there's no way in the world I would have written three books in three years. Now I'm working on another, soon to be four. Go figure. I still have a lot to say, and I still have a lot to get on paper. I did what I said I'd never do. I own another boat. I swore up and down, I would never, ever have another boat with a motor on it. Too much trouble. Yeah, maintenance, fuel, taking care of it, washing it, cleaning it, making sure it's still running, all the things that go with boat ownership. But really, it's it's still fun, people. It's okay. Due to my impact, it was due, it was really impractical just basically due to my physical condition. I, my back surgeries, two of them, 11 fractures, all kinds of fun stuff. I have to be very careful. So hauling a boat around and putting a boat on a trailer, taking a boat off the trailer is quite tricky. Uh, but I did it. I did it after all. I did it anyway. <laughs> I really missed being out there. Uh, you know, way in that back country where I can just stop and think and look around and, and of course, fish. And the thing I love to do the most, more than anything else, is fish. And that backcountry looking around just sort of comes with the territory. Yet it's very tough on this old body. But it's the now. Yep, it's the here and now. And that's why it had to be done. It helps keep me going. No, I can't fish every day. Uh, More like every three days or so. At best. <laughs> Sometimes I'll fish a day and go four. Depends on how rough it was the day I went out. And it takes a bit of time for my old body to recover. Uh, I know it sounds crazy to me now. I was, I was thinking about this the other day when I wrote some notes down for this podcast. And, and part of it was uh, I ran two trips a day. Uh, sometimes three a day. Uh, in January through April, pretty much. 
So that would be starting trips at seven in the morning and not getting finished until seven or eight o'clock at night. Basically, it's dark um, if you run three. And so, you know, I look back at that and I go, I saw, I look back at one of my calendars before I got sick. I was looking at this calendar and I was like, oh my Lord, how did you do that? <laughs> I couldn't do it now, that's for sure. It makes me tired just thinking about it. And I know I wasn't alone. If you're a fishing guide, you had to uh, make hay in the season because you realize that September and October were really going to be bad. It's just going to be slow. There's not, you know, you're lucky if you get a trip a week in September. And so, of course, we would burn the midnight oil trying to get through the high time. But today I look at that, I have no idea. I, just, um, I have no idea. And I respect the guides that do it that are older. And there are a lot of them down here in the Keys. You will run into these guides that are definitely in their 60s and they're still pounding days out on the water. I had a wonderful day this past Saturday. Uh, I was asked to be a speaker instructor at the Ladies Let's Go Fishing event here in the Keys. Um, first, a big thank you to Betty Bowen, the creator of the event. Uh, for inviting me to be a part of this. Um, I had done it with her, uh, I think I did Naples twice and Fort Myers once. And each time it was a very rewarding experience. And I think, that, you know, that's why when she asked me about the keys, I'm like, yes, certainly. I'd absolutely love to do that. Basically what this is, it's a weekend of teaching women to fish. Most of the participants I talked to just wanted to be able to join their significant other on a boat or a fishing trip. And, and wanting to not be a bother with not being able to take care of themselves while fishing or even boating. Uh, you know, tying knots, the proper way to cast a rod, uh, fight a fish, bait a hook, take a fish off the hook, handling fish. A lot, a lot of ladies don't even like to touch them. Many do, though. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of that was just trying to overcome some of this stuff and to learn what to do. And I, I have found each one of those really pretty cool. I really enjoy doing it. There were two that I worked with that had recently, sadly, lost their husbands who used to take them fishing and doted over them and did everything for them. And then suddenly they realized that they still wanted to go fishing trips after they've lost their husband, but actually knew very little about it. So they're in the classes trying to play catch up. They knew the, the gist of it. They knew the work that you put in to get things ready or take a boat out or go fishing at the beach or go fishing on a jetty or a pier. They knew all that, but they didn't have any of the little tidbits that you need. And so that's why they were there. And I think what's important about that is in, among the ladies, as they're all together, you start to realize there are others that simply wanted to share their passion with a significant other and with friends. So what happens is this person that knows very little fishing because they were taken care of on the boat all the time or on fishing trips suddenly has friends around them, other ladies, who are kind of in, no pun intended, in the same boat. And so they all kind of get together and the camaraderie is built. And you can watch it happen. It's really amazing. Over a long Saturday of all these lessons and talking and not tying and all this stuff, you watch these ladies all starting to converse and talk to each other and making plans, making plans to get out there on the water, which they do as part of this, this class. On Sunday, they all go fishing. And I'm waiting to, I'm recording this on Sunday, so I'm waiting to hear the reports from the Sunday trips. They had several offshore and several inshore trips that were going out. And that's, that's part of the class. It's a, they're discounted. And 
and it's where they can they can uh, try out their new learned uh, uh, yeah their stuff you know um, instead of somebody doing it for them uh, the the captains and guides are told okay lay off a little bit let these gals do their thing out there and I, I think that's really really cool. I also want to pass this along. Um, Besides the fact, by the way, that was a real feel-good thing. I have to tell you, that's why I talked about it. That for me personally, and I know Captain Barry Cuda was there with me, and there were like four other captains from the uh, Tavernier area, from Isla Mirada, and they all pretty much said the same thing. It's a real feel-good thing to be able to help the gals do this, and and we certainly want you to outfish the men. That's, that's, that's the game plan. And, and um, someday you might take the man fishing, which would be really cool. But I want to pass this along. Um something that was related to the ladies' fishing event. An after-party was held Saturday evening at Seaside Glassworks in Isla Mirada. What a cool place. Um, I love artsy stuff. I'm a sucker for it. I really am. If somebody works with their hands and molds something or makes something or paints or even uh, quality photography, anything that catches my eye, I am a sucker for it. Provided I can afford it, <laughs> it's like we've run out of wall space. I, I ain't kidding you. We got we have enough stuff now that we're we're like an art gallery. We have a closet we put the art in, and we have to rotate it. We have to take new stuff out every now and then, and take down some things that are already up. So, and I'm not embarrassed by that one bit. I really, really enjoy the fact that we've surrounded ourselves with artwork and and stuff. But this place, what well, it was so cool. I love artsy stuff anyway, and in the keys, man, you'll find it everywhere. It doesn't; it's not hard. You don't have to look real hard in the keys to find stuff. But this place was no exception to the rule, and I'm really glad we attended the party. Seaside Glassworks is owned by artist Stephanie Martin, and she makes amazing. It's called. I'm going to try to pronounce this. Dorotic, D I C H R O I C. Dorotic. <laughs> if you know, send me an email with the with the uh, pronunciation, if you don't mind. But it's glassworks. It's basically what this stuff is, is it picks up light. So the glass itself, when held out in front of you with nothing behind it, like a, f- a full view, it's it appears clear. But as soon as any kind of light is refracted through it or any kind of background is put behind it, it picks up that background. So it changes colors. And it is remarkably beautiful. And she makes everything from small little pendants and jewelry and necklaces and stuff. So, so for example, if, if ladies, if you're wearing a red dress, you put it on, you're going to get a reddish purplish hue out of it. If you put a yellow dress, it's going to glow yellow. It's going to change as long as it's sitting over the material. And it's, it's just remarkable. It's beautiful. And she also makes all kinds of, um, Oh, like fish heads. Like I, I wound up buying a tarpon. I got a tarpon head. But the glass glows and changes as you move about the room. It's it's remarkable. And um, th- and just imagine everything from a small um, keychain size pendant sort of thing to giant glass sculptures. Things. <laughs> the shop is amazing. Please go. Um, she also offers. I thought this was cool. There's classes. Um, she. It's like $95. You can go and you can make your own glass. You can learn how to work with this glass. And I thought that was really neat. Um, so we stayed there. We did all this stuff. The, the gallery was quite visual, to say the least, because there's color everywhere. 
Um, and the lighting, she spe- she had picked special lighting. So the, the, the objects are lit from different angles and by different color lighting and stuff like that to give you an idea of what this glass is capable of doing. So if you get to Isla Mirada, in the heart of Isla Mirada, this place was located uh, right after the Lorelei and then a little further down where Woody's is. Woody's now has become another bar, which is kind of neat. Right after that, it's, it's facing uh, uh, US-1. And again, it's called... Um, uh, seaside Glassworks. Uh, be sure to check it out. And, and and guys, I know you'll enjoy it too. This is something it looks like the ladies would just just go nuts in. But to be honest with you, the men that were there at the party the other night, last night, really, really enjoyed being there and really enjoyed looking at all the, uh, the glass stuff. It was cool. Very cool. I apologize. There is no personal fishing report. <laughs> it was one of those weeks, people. It was hot. It blew. It it was terrible. Uh, we went right back to summer. Uh, I mean, we got stuck. Okay, here's what happens in Florida. The front comes down, all right? And, it, and everybody in middle Florida, northern Florida, enjoys cool weather, low humidity this time of year. And it gets right to uh, Miami, typically, somewhere around Miami, and it just stops. And for about two days, it becomes a stationary front, which means that the backside's hot. No wind. We don't get any wind those days. It's just hot. And then the thing becomes a warm front being pushed back up. In other words, it moves northward instead of southward. And when that happens, it hauls the humidity in off of the ocean or bay or whatever waters, mostly the Atlantic Ocean where we are. So the humidity shoots up. The, the, the it, you know, instead of being a humidity reading of about 62 to 68, which would be wonderfully comfortable, it's in the high 70s. And when you mix that with high temperatures, which, by the way, it got all the way up to 91 and 94 one day over the past week, we had feels like temperatures of 106 and 110, between 106 and 110 degrees. Dreadful. Not boating weather, in my opinion. <laughs> Not if I don't have to be out there. Um, so... And then once the front got going, uh, we started getting the wind out of the south, and that really knocked the fishing down in both the in both out front and in the back. Now there were places to hide, but the fish weren't biting anyway. I mean, I kept hearing stories from people that were like horror stories. They're like, "Don't don't even try." Uh, the bay muddied up, you know. So now we got to wait for it to settle. Here's the good news. There's always a bright side because this is the here and now, right? This is this is the good old day. Um, tomorrow Monday. We'll probably get a little bit of weather, and then all of a sudden the front's going to push through. And I think they said Monday afternoon to Monday late into Tuesday morning. And when it does, our wind's going to shift to the north-northwest for a while and then northeast, and it's going to blow. That's the only problem, yes. So that's going to be 15 to 20 out of the north, but the humidity's going to drop. And our temperatures, believe it or not, for the first time since early, early in the year, like back in March, we'll actually have some 60-degree temperatures with a high at barely 80. Now, I know that it sounds absurd to a lot of people. Oh, your high is at 80. That's still hot. No, no, no. You don't understand. That's a huge break for us to have a high of 80 degrees, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Once that first front passes through, that's usually good news. It kind of, it kind of opens a roadway for the fronts behind it. And it also helps to turn away any weird storms that are coming at us from the from the Atlantic uh, across Africa, which there is one right now. I don't know if they've named it yet or not. Um, it was kind of toying with the idea of making up into a tropical storm. It's pointed right at us, but the good news is the spaghetti model show it turning north because guess what? 
When it gets to the Caribbean, it's going to run into all these wonderful fronts that are finally making it through, and that's just going to turn it right up into the Atlantic Ocean so we can all applaud and clap and cheer that we've made it through another hurricane season. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that. So anyway, we're looking for much cooler temperatures. I'm hoping to get out there Wednesday because I understand Thursday there's going to be a bit more wind again. Uh, so Wednesday, I have a window, so I'm going to try to get out there on Wednesday. I've got those new lures I talked about last week, and I really, really want to try them. I got them in the mail. Oh, man, do they look good. Holy moly. If you want to know more about that, tune in last week's podcast. They're made by Nomad, and they are fantastic looking. Little, They look better in person than they looked in the pictures. So uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, before I go, this will be a short one today. You're welcome. Well, yeah, it'll be 30-something minutes, I guess. Before I got, I got to mention this. Governor Ron DeSantis signed an executive order this past week called the Great Outdoor Initiative. Damn, I like that name. <laughs> you can get a Florida State Park annual pass for all of our state parks for half off. Period. That's it. If you're a family, that would normally be a $120 annual pass for your family. That will be 60. If you're an individual, which is the one that Janelle and I usually get, we each get because we're never there at the same time. A lot of times we visit the park separately. Um, we live next door to one, Penny Camp. If you if you get an individual now, it's 30 bucks for the annual instead of $60. Okay, this started on uh, October the 14th. Uh, so it's already in place. By the time you hear this, it's already there. So if you're going to buy a pass, you can get it uh, at any of the state parks. You can get a pass. And, or you can get it online too, by the way. And then it, it goes for three months. So it shuts off January 14th. Okay, so just so you know, you got a three month window to get this done. And annual passes are really fantastic. Uh, we get one every year. And it, this is a funny year. Normally we, we, um, we renew in August. And it was so blasted hot, we had no desire to be outside in a park. <laughs> we were like, no, I'm not doing that right now. <laughs> so, so we didn't. And, I, and, now I'm, and now I'm counting my blessings that I didn't go out there and buy a $60 pass when now it's 30 bucks. So I'm pretty excited about this. So there you go. So get your state pass. Now, they also added, thank you, Governor. Um, they, he had the FWC, that's our Fish and Wildlife Commission. Uh, they had them provide discounts on certain fishing licenses for residents. The same thing. So these are annual stuff. Okay, so the gold sportsman fishing license and hunting, fishing and hunting, and the lifetime license is half off for Floridians, which is a pretty huge deal. So let me read this for you. Examples of this, it's quite a saving. The annual gold sportsman, and what that means is that is a, that is a, one-year fishing hunting license that covers everything. You just pay one fee for it um, for residents is now $50.75. So you buy that, you get all the licenses, freshwater, saltwater, and everything for 50 bucks. Five-year gold sportsman, half off is $247.75. So if you want to do a five-year for 250 bucks, you get all the licenses that are required for outdoor play, hunting, fishing, freshwater, saltwater, that kind of stuff. Uh, the lifetime sportsman's license is as follows. And I think these, are, this is along the lines of a great gift for a kid. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Boy or girl, you got a youngster in the house. This is a way to get them a license uh, all the way up until they're, well, until they turn 65 and you get a free license anyway, if you stay in Florida. 
Here's the deal. Makes a great Christmas gift. If they're four years or under, it's $201.50. So that, that's half price of what they would normally be. That is what they call the lifetime sportsman license. The child gets it and never has to buy a license for anything outdoors again. It includes all tickets. It includes uh, lobster, uh, what else? Uh, snook stamps. All that's included in that in that fee for the rest of their lives. At 5 to 12 years old, it's $351.50. Same deal. 5 to 12 years old. 13 years and older, it's $501.50. Okay? That's a 50% discount. Again, all the way up till uh, from October the 5th, 14th through uh, January. The, technically, all day the 13th. It expires on the 14th of January. So this gives you an opportunity. I mean, if you've got a kid in the family that loves to fish, and he's in that 13-year, or she's in that 13-year-old age or older, you know, they're teenagers, 500 bucks for a Christmas gift to make sure that they have a license to enjoy the outdoors for anything they want to do sporting-wise, hunting, birding, fishing, freshwater, so that's a bargain. It's just insane. It's an absolute bargain. And it also get them thoroughly addicted, and you don't have to worry about getting them a license again for anything. Again, this is Florida residents, just so you know. This is, uh, this is not... Uh, uh, available for our visitors. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, maybe someday. You never know what they might pull off. Last but certainly not least, the new book about fishing the Florida Keys is coming right along. Somebody, I think I got several messages over the last. I didn't mention it in the last two podcasts. It's 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 doing pretty good now. I'm starting to line the chapters up and stuff like that. Almost the writing's almost finished. That that's all I'm happy about. It's just getting that writing out of the way and then getting it proofed. Um, it's just strange how busy you get when you retire in the Keys. And I'm not making excuses. It's true. You talk to anybody down here, they're like, boy, when I wasn't retired, I was nowhere near this busy. <laughs> as soon as I got retired, I got all kinds of things to do. Yes, you do. And that's a good thing. So it keeps you alive. Like I said, that's the here and now. There's visiting friends. There's lots to do besides fishing. And so getting my projects completed has, has been quite interesting, and I've learned a lot. I, I will say this. I will not live anywhere else. I absolutely love it here in the Keys. This is a great community, a great place to be. People are friendly, and we all seem to have Everybody's got the same mindset. You know, It's all about the water. I mean, that's really what it is. And there's this. I have another project underway, what I'll talk about more later. Okay, I'll talk much more about this later. That's all I'm going to say for now, so stand by and have a wonderful week outside. Thanks much for listening. A heartfelt thank you to all the listeners that have supported this podcast. I really, really appreciate it. If you enjoyed listening, please tell a friend, leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. The Facebook page is Catch Outdoors. The website's catchoutdoors.com, where you can find all the previous podcasts and a schedule of what's to come. Until next time, get outdoors and enjoy. Enjoy.